Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. It is the first Sunday in Advent. That was the overture from Messiah. And uh, today's lessons are a lot about preparing the way for the Lord and uh, be ready. Uh, if we do not know the time, the Lord is coming. So um, I will sing with Sheila, uh, Thus saith the Lord, and recitative and an aria, but who may abide the day of his coming? Once a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake, and I will shake. I'll shake the heavens, the earth, the sea, the dry land, all nations I'll shake, and the desire of all nations shall come. The Lord whom ye see shall suddenly come to his temple in the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Fire. 
shall stand when he Thank you, Carl. It's, uh, I was singing that earlier this morning. It's a lot harder than it looks. Thank you for that beautiful prayer. Thank you for being here. Uh, the sanctuary has been transformed from when you came last week. It's a new year. We move into the season of Advent. Beautiful blue pyramids uh, are out. You also see the uh, Advent wreath. We'll be lighting one of those candles in a few minutes. You see the scene in Bethlehem beginning uh, to take shape, mostly empty now, and on the altar behind me, you see uh, a few of the sheep in the hills above Bethlehem as we are moving now into Advent. Everything you're going to need is on a appropriately colored blue uh, order of service. Everything will be projected for you as well. If it's comfortable now, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our gathering hymn, Come Let Us Worship God. The choir will be the cantor. The choir will be the cantor. Sing after the choir.
first shared prayer of the morning is the Curie. And this is a responsive Curie. What do we need to know, Carl? Sing after me. <laughs> O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. During the singing of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, I'll be lighting the first of the Advent wreath candles. The first candle is the prophet's candle, remembering those prophets of the Old Testament who foretold the coming of the Messiah, Jesus.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, in a season of darkness, we look to you for the dawn of light. When nights are long and hope is hard to come by, our weary hearts search for your presence. Grace our worship, lift our spirits, comfort us in weakness, that we may once again clap our hands, break forth in singing, go out in joy, and share your shalom to the world. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. First Sunday of Advent, a reading from the Gospel of Matthew. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. The word of the Lord.
Well, that was fun. That'd help us keep awake right there. Thank you. We have such marvelous musicians here at the church, and we appreciate you all very much. And uh, at the end of the uh, sermon, Carl is going to sing uh, for us as well, so you can just stay right there. Happy Thanksgiving! Yeah, this is a, uh, a projection of my, uh, my granddaughter. Uh, this is my lone granddaughter. And she uh, turns one today. It's her birthday. And this was on Thanksgiving. This was uh, a little cake that we had for her there. And she's, she's all smiles, happy as could be. And then we have to, for the sake of tradition, do this. I'm not sure why we do this to our kids, actually, but uh, compare, you know, you just compare those two, the sheer joy of a little birthday cake uh, compared to, uh, to this guy, you know, I have to sit on this guy's lap, mom, dad. Well, happy Thanksgiving. It was a beautiful day, wasn't it? What a gorgeous Thanksgiving day. I, I can't um, uh, remember a nicer Thanksgiving day to be out walking. The trees still had their color. It was a beautiful day. Power was on that day. Some of you may be without power now. We have several I know called in this morning. But Thanksgiving was just such a beautiful day. Do you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Uh, did you have your favorite food? By show of hands, how many had turkey? Okay, how many had ham? How many had hamburgers? Okay, nobody, but it was good. Yeah. How about pumpkin pie? Did anybody have pumpkin pie? Yeah. Okay, here's a projection about pumpkin pie. Um, I suppose I will die never knowing what pumpkin pie tastes like when you have room for it. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Unless you eat it the next day. I mean, by the time you get around the pumpkin pie, there's really, uh, we, we tend to eat too much, I think, on Thanksgiving. The average American consumes, they say, 4,500 calories on Thanksgiving, which leads to this next uh, kind of quote here from Jay Leno. You can tell you ate too much for Thanksgiving when you have to let your bathrobe out. Yeah, yeah, so that, uh, that is true. Uh, and maybe some of you, anybody have apple pie on Thanksgiving? Okay, apple pie made from scratch, maybe? Yeah, well, what's the, what's the next one say? Carl Sagan, if you wish to make an apple pie truly from scratch, you must first invent the universe. And that's true, is it not? There's nothing in the world that has not come to us as a gift, a miraculous gift from our Creator, from the oxygen we breathe to the ocean's blue, it's all a gift. Thanksgiving reminds us that the simple pleasures in life and the luxuries we enjoy in life have little to do with our own effort, ingenuity, or hard work. Now, on the 4th of July, we celebrate what? Our independence. But look at this next clip. On Thanksgiving Day, we acknowledge our dependence. The act of Thanksgiving. We're not thanking ourselves. We're acknowledging our dependence upon God and others. Now, for many of us, Thanksgiving involves uh, relatives and football. Uh, the Apple Cup always leaves half the state in mourning and half the state in celebration. I haven't seen a lot of cougar colors this morning yet. Um, that was true, but uh, Irma Bombeck says this about this tradition. Uh, Thanksgiving dinners take 18 hours to prepare. They're consumed in 12 minutes. Half times take 12 minutes. This is not a coincidence. 
And the relatives come together. The relatives come together to overeat and spend long hours together drinking too much alcohol and discussing politics. Uh, Johnny Carson says this, Thanksgiving is an emotional holiday. People travel thousands of miles to be with people they only see once a year, and then they discover once a year is way too often. <laughs> now, that's just humor. That doesn't, uh, I'm sure that doesn't reflect reality in any of your families. That's just humor. We move now from this national holiday, Thanksgiving, into this church season, a new year. We move into Advent. What is Advent? It's the four Sundays that precede Christmas. Now, if you're doing math in your head, that means, yes, four weeks from today will be Christmas. Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, and you'll be invited to come out on Sunday morning, Christmas morning, in your jammies for that worship service. With Christmas only four weeks off, there's so much to get done, is there not? It's fitting, then, that the season of Advent is one of preparation, as the choir is saying, prepare the way, one of preparation, but it's also a season of waiting. Because we do understand that there's nothing we can do to hasten the arrival of Christmas. In Advent, we prepare and we wait. Preparation and waiting, both are important. One is intentional and one is inescapable. One we have some measure of control over, and the other one is totally out of our control. Prepare and wait. In Luke 21, Jesus admonishes his followers to be alert at all times. And the text that Sandy just read for us, Jesus tells us to keep awake. Please note, Jesus doesn't say wake up. No, he says keep awake. And when speaking of the second coming, Jesus advises us to keep awake. That means to live with intention, knowing that the world could, and in fact does, change for us in a heartbeat. He was speaking of the second coming, but I think that there is more to it than that. I think that Jesus was addressing your life and mine. His advice to each of us is because if we realize it or not, there may be something approaching us. A hurricane, an earthquake, a recession, a devastating diagnosis, an intimate betrayal, or even death. Live with intention. Keep awake. Preparation and waiting, both are important. We start the new year, as you heard Sandy read, with Noah. You remember him, the Old Testament mariner. Noah, that salty sailor and shipbuilder who sailed the seven seas with his wife, Olive Oil, and their three sons, Shem, Larry, and Curly. Actually, Noah did not sail the seven seas because there was only one sea, not seven. One sea covered the entire earth after an unrelenting 40-day rainstorm. Noah prepared. He prepared for the coming storm. He built an ark, and when the rains came, his preparation saved his life and his family's life as well. Yes, those who prepare for the floods of life have a better chance a better chance of weathering the storm. Advent, prepare and wait. One is intentional, one is inescapable. Now a little Noah trivia. 
How many days was Noah in that ark? Anybody know? Right, I heard it nowhere. 150 days. Now that's a long cruise. That's a long cruise, especially on this ship. Huh? Imagine that. This is not Holland America, folks. This was not the love boat. Um, yeah, there you are. That's gopher from the love boat. Yeah, there were gophers on board. In fact, there were two gophers on board, but they would not deliver drinks. And there was no entertainment on this boat, and there were no midnight buffets, and there was no casino, and there were no shore excursions. No, it was close quarters and no doubt stinky. Keep in mind, too, that Noah was 600 years old when this little cruise began. He should have been kicking back at Del Webb's sudden city, enjoying his 535th year of Social Security. But instead, he was dripping in dug droppings and delivering dinner to desperate dromedaries. Not a pretty sight. You thought your Thanksgiving was long? Noah was stuck with his family for 150 days. And during that time, I'm guessing that the animals and the humans got a little testy. But once the waters receded, right? Noah should have had it made, right? After the flood, he had no neighbors to bug him. He had no HOA meetings to annoy him. There was no traffic on I-5, no ferry lines on Whidbey Island, no Republicans or Democrats, no need to worry about climate change or paying taxes. And yet the story of Noah reminds us just how difficult the human journey is. Scripture tells us that Noah was the most righteous man on earth. He was blameless and had God's favor. He did all that God had asked of him for 600 years and still the journey ahead, the golden years, were dangerous and painful. They weren't golden at all. He watched the world wash away. He floated helplessly out to sea. And after faithfully preparing for this day, now all he could do was wait. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Waiting for the rain to cease. Waiting for the waters to recede. And when the great man got off that boat, his life got worse. He drank too much, and he feuded with the boys. Kind of sounds like a country western song, does it not? But here is the twist. Noah also had the misfortune of having to live another 300 years with these problems. The faithful and righteous man who prepared for the flood, cared for the animals, and waited for the waters to recede also had to wait long years for death to take him home. Preparation and waiting, prepare and wait, both are important. As we inch closer to Christmas, both are important. Both are important, in fact, in every season, every month, every week, every day, we are called to live with intention and to wait in hope. Christmas is coming in four weeks. The birth of a baby this presents us with the most obvious example that we have of preparing and waiting. Homes are prepared for the arrival of a new baby. Spare bedrooms become nurseries. Baby clothes and diapers are stored up. There are birth classes, doctor appointments, baby showers, and reveal parties. There is so much to do. It's lucky that God gave us nine months to prepare, is it not? But no matter how efficiently we prepare, 
we still must wait. This much-anticipated baby has its own schedule, and the wait can be long. Get used to it. Prepare and wait. Preparation and waiting. Both are an important part of the human journey. Both are important. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about preparation. The Old Testament says, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you'll have plenty of bread. The Bible says, whoever works their farmland will have abundant food, but whoever chases fantasies will become very poor. And practical wisdom like this was not limited to the Bible. Consider these words. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Benjamin Franklin. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And these words from Colin Powell. There are no secrets to success. Success is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. And this from President Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Jesus said, be alert, stay awake. And these words from the Gospel of Luke, for which of you, Jesus asked, which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost to see whether or not he has enough to complete it? You see, there's no substitute for preparation. A very simple act of preparation is this. Find community long before you need community. Find community long before you need community. Be a friend to others if you want to have friends yourself. Now, I realize that all this may sound like some form of works righteousness, but nothing could be further from the truth. You see, Jesus isn't going to love you anymore if you prepare. But it may help you to keep your job or your house or weather the next power outage. And your salvation is not dependent upon your preparation, but the quality of your life may be. The quality of life is dependent upon what? Upon paying attention to details and preparing for the expected and the unexpected. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Prepare and wait. Preparation and waiting, both are important. Now, there are some things in life that are out of our control. No matter how diligently we prepare, misfortune, cancer, or calamity can visit us at any time. There are some things in life that we must just wait for. There are some seasons that we must just endure. Waiting for the sun to come up tomorrow, driving away the darkness that we can't on our own dispel. The Bible has a lot to say about waiting as well. Psalm 27, wait for the Lord. Be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him, and do not fret. You see, being still, that sounds easy, does it not? But it's, in fact, very difficult. Here's a picture of Jews um, praying at the Wailing Wall. 
Now, if this were a movie, if you were watching this, if you're there, what you'd notice is when they pray at the Wailing Wall or in other places, they don't stand still. They rock back and forth. Have you ever noticed that? They rock back and forth. Rhythmic movement. Why? Because rhythmic movement releases the mind to pray. Attempting to stay still is nearly impossible. Being still and waiting is most difficult when the world around us is shaking and uncertain, when our security is threatened or our loved ones are in peril. Waiting. What is it that you're waiting for? Are you waiting for a phone call from prodigal children or test results to come back or something else? Some things are out of our control. Preparation and waiting. Welcome to Advent. A time when we prepare for Christmas, for celebrations, a time to bake cookies, a time to trim trees, to write cards, and buy presents. Welcome to Advent when we anticipate the birth of a child, a birth that will take place when the baby is good and ready. And here is the message of Advent and perhaps one of the most important lessons in life. If it is in your control, deal with it. If it's out of your control, pray about it and let it go. If it's in your control, deal with it. And if it's out of your control, pray about it and let it go. If it's in your control, deal with it and deal with it right now. Prepare. Do not procrastinate. Take care of every detail. Take control of your life and your health. Write those letters. See a therapist or a doctor. Make lists every day and check those items off. You have free will. You are responsible. And I guarantee you that God will not change your oil in your car or the filter in your furnace or file your tax returns. If it is in your control, take control, deal with it, and deal with it right now. It takes the same amount of energy to arrive somewhere five minutes early as it does five minutes late. But five minutes late, the ferry's gone. If it's out of your control, out of your control, then name it and claim it and pray about it and then in faith, let it go. Now, this is my motto for dealing with adult children and grandchildren. They have to figure it out. They are smart and capable. They are not going to let you make decisions for them. It is not healthy or sustainable for you to make decisions for them. And even if they would take your unsolicited advice, guess what? You're not going to be around always. Raise them, trust them, let them make their own mistakes, successes, and failures, and then get out of the way. They have to figure it out. That's why it's called their life, not yours. Advent. Prepare and wait. Preparation and waiting. One is intentional, one is inescapable. Most of us would much rather prepare than we would wait, but both are important, and both are a part of the human journey. So we're going to end with prayer. This will be a familiar prayer to some of you in the room. Those who have had to face brokenness 
and take control of those areas of their lives that demanded change. I invite you to pray the serenity prayer with me. Projected for you, I believe, at this time. Let us pray. God, give me the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount with eagle's wings.
upon their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone and I will raise you up on eagles wings bear you on the breath of dawn make you to shine like the sun and hold you in the palm of my hand and hold you in the may remain seated as Sandy's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung response, wait for the Lord, appropriately for Advent. Uh, each petition will end in the stillness of Advent. We pray and we'll come back to the sung response as we sing it once now. Gracious God, in this Advent time, still our hearts and calm our souls as we await the coming of Jesus, that time between the Jesus we already know and what is yet to come. Keep us ready, open our ears and our eyes for a new revelation of justice and joy, of expectation and of promise. In the stillness of Advent, we pray. Gracious God, be with those around the world who suffer from catastrophes and live in situations of great distress. We remember the earthquakes in Indonesia and Turkey, the hurricanes in the Caribbean, the plight of displaced people in Palestine, the war in Ukraine, and those living with the effects of climate disasters, shootings in Virginia and Colorado, and so much more. Give them pathways toward true reconciliation, reclamation, recovery, and hope. In the stillness of Advent, we pray. Gracious God, be with all those who are ill, who care for those approaching death, and for those who grieve a recent loss. Remember especially the family of Dick Schusler, who died this past week, as they celebrate, grieve, and move forward, knowing you are always there. In the stillness of Advent, we pray. 
Gracious God, we give you thanks for the bounty that surrounds us. Bless us with holy discomfort in the knowledge that so many others live without the basics of life, knowing that we can make a difference if we so choose. Inflame our hearts with that purpose. In the stillness of Advent, we pray. We offer these prayers to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, the one who is to come and who is already among us. Amen. I invite you to stand. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Thank you uh, for sharing that greeting of peace. Thank you for sharing. After service, come on over in the gym. Time of coffee, cookies, fellowship in the gym after service, get to know people, maybe some new people, people visit every week, so get to know those folks. Uh, lots of announcements printed in your bulletin, would really encourage you to read that every week, take note of those things that apply to you. Uh, there's a new display up in the fellowship hall that's pretty empty right now, but the idea is to bring in Christmas cards rather than mailing out a bunch of Christmas cards, bring one in, tack it on the boards, so we can see your smiling face there or uh, whatever your card is we have that uh, thanks to advent uh, pyramids and banners as sue kukuk and christine george put these up uh, we're thankful for that becky lad loomis is retiring after doing this for many years and and so we're thankful to uh, becky um, as well and what better thing to do on thanksgiving than to give money away right so I've got four volunteers, so I volunteered. Come on up. Come on up, Karen and Sue and Pamela and Lee. Uh, this was last week. They're all dated last week. This was all, these all went out on Thanksgiving. And uh, you see, Lee's got a check that we gave away on, on the Thanksgiving Eve service for $7,500 to tiny houses, $7,500. Uh, those nine tiny houses in Langley, if you haven't been down there, it's across from the old middle school, old high school, I guess, if you go back far enough. And uh, there are nine of them there, and so far there are 75 people have applied for those nine tiny homes. So it really shows us what an important venture it is to try to have affordable housing for those who serve us here on the island. 7,500, that's on top of the 30,000 we've already given, uh, but that is for our, uh, our tiny house there. And Pamela's got $2,500 for good cheer. Uh, this was a gift this week that we sent out. Uh, and uh, Sue's got $2,500 for Helping Hand, which is in our other building, $2,500. That went out this week as well. And Karen's got Gifts from the Heart, which is a food bank in Coopville. So we got both food banks. Uh, Helping Hand helps our neighbors and the tiny houses. So this was uh, from the church council from the endowment committee. So a month ago, they gave away $20,000 to international uh, benevolences. And this, this month, they gave away $15,000 all locally, all to help your neighbors. So how is this possible? It's possible because of our endowment committee, our church council, and of course, 
uh, because of you. So this is what your church is. This is what we do, and this is what we did during Thanksgiving. So uh, give our yourselves and our volunteers applause. You can just put those down in the front row. All right, I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. Good morning. Our Sunday forum down the hall in the fireside room between services this morning focuses on a circle of gratitude, an opportunity to come together and express uh, gratitude in deep and meaningful ways. So you're all welcome to join in the fireside room at 9.15. And then next Sunday, that time will be spent uh, with Barbara Bennett discussing keeping the Sabbath holy, keeping the Sabbath holy. So that will be next Sunday at 9.15 in Fireside Room. Uh, this morning, Sunday school at 10.30 down the hall, and then middle school or high school youth group following the second worship service at 12, and middle school youth group will meet Wednesday at 4. Lots of good things going on. Be sure to check out the flyers on the table in the narthex. Thanks. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Dick Schlusler died this last week. Dick uh, played at our bell choir for many years. Longtime member of our church, uh, did a lot of woodwork in here for us as well, was a, a volunteer firefighter, did search and rescue at Mount St. Helens when Mount St. Helens uh, blew. Uh, just a great guy. And um, his service is going to be uh, Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock. And we need, to, if people can volunteer to bake a few cookies for that, that'd be really helpful. There's a sign up out on the table uh, in the narthex. Uh, I know Chris Yetzel is still in the gym collecting for Western States last Sunday, Christy? Last Sunday today, so see her in the gym as we try to make the holidays a little more joyful for those uh, residents at, at, uh, and patients at Western State. Carl, do you have some for us? Yes, two weeks from today, correct me if I'm wrong, those who are with me out here, uh, we have a concert here, Christmas concert, t uh, Sunday afternoon, the 11th of, um, of December, with all of your various friends and neighbors singing and playing for you. Um, if you have anything that you would just love to sing or play on that concert, just come talk to me. But uh, today we're going to finalize that list. So two weeks from today, 11th of December. All right. And there are flyers out in the, in the narthex with all kind of the holiday happenings. So make sure you get one of those and put it on your refrigerator so you know exactly what's going on. All right. We're uh, transitioning now to a, a prayer as we will I invite you to stand if it's comfortable as we sing together the prayer that Jesus taught us that Carl put to music, the Lord's Prayer.
part this uh, safe place, this sanctuary where we worship. Go out those doors with intention to make a difference this week. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending hymn, Light Dawns on a Weary World.